0: See, Wendell, I got you on that one again, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we back, man. We'll Welcome back to the podcast. I got my partner back with me, man. My main man, Mr. Wendell Holmes. And man, we have another special guest. Wendell, introduce our special guest, Mr. Lewis. Go ahead on.
1: Well, Justin, we have with us today uh I not I don't even know where to start. <laughs> well, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of accolades. Oh, yeah, he yeah. don't want to talk about yeah. it. Look, Lewis, like, I don't know if I want to talk about it. Uh, oh yeah, man. Uh He's he's just an all-around great guy.
0: Because uh, I asked you, I was like, look, man, we need to add more people to the conversation. You said, sure. I got the guy. I got the guy.
1: And you said, man, let me get him in here. Let me get him. And when I called him, he didn't hesitate. I know.
0: I'm thankful yeah. for that, too. We have
1: a, a retired uh, Shreveport chief of training, uh, Chief Lewis Johnson. Come on. Also a former cattle commissioner. Come on. Business owner. uh Football announcer, yeah, in at,
0: independent stadium, man. Come right, yeah, 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 yeah. You hear that voice already? He said, "Right, yeah. <laughs> I like it."
1: Oh yeah, uh, and the list goes on and on. He does, he does local theater, uh, man. It, it just goes on and on
0: and on. And he's not at your church. He's not a say. He's you right around the corner. He said, "Pretty what closer? What close? two
1: blocks away? Uh, Great Design Mission.
0: That's awesome. Yeah,
1: th- two blocks away. So, I
2: teach the uh, men's Sunday school class. That's what I'm talking about." Mm-hmm. Lewis, man, I'm just and thankful it, you're here, and man. And he's
1: heavy, too, with that. I'm is he? Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, this like is my – He's shaking my, his head. Look, because how long y'all known each other?
1: Man, I, I've known uh, Chief, man, I, uh, probably 30 years. Wow. 30-plus right. mm-hmm. years. I'm every, When I was a little boy, I used to see him. In so it.
0: he's been trying to straighten you out for 30-plus years. And I'm telling
1: you, he does well, and every now and then I take a step back. I understand. And he got to jump back in there. I totally
0: um, get it. Well, man, I am pumped that you're here, Lewis. Thank you, man, for taking time out of your schedule. Because when I called him, I was like, hey, Lewis, do you might?" He's like, oh, man, I'll do whatever. I was like, well, 10 o'clock, I'll do whatever. you." Just a servant's heart, and I'm very, very appreciative of that, man. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Well, this is what's going to be cool today, because we're going to continue the conversation. Uh, that we, me and Wendell, we started, and then we had in the message uh, last week. Uh, But we want to really just try to continue. As I've said before, I just want to continue to listen and understand and try to help our people understand, because as I was telling you right before we went on air, I was a little disappointed when I looked around at some of the local churches, and it didn't look like a whole lot of people wanted to address the issue from the pulpit. They're kind of like shying away from that. And I understand it's a little controversial. People are having a little issue with that, but... If the church don't stand up and we don't have these conversations and provide outlets for that, then I don't know who's going to lead that. So that you are willing to means the world to me, man, because Wendell's my guy, man. We've known each other for a long time, too, 12, 13 years, something like that. Yes, yes. I've been working with him over there, but he was like, man, you got to get Lewis. Lewis is the man. I said, all right. <laughs> well,
2: I, 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 um, I commend you. Oh, I commend man. you for um, recognizing and identifying that. Um, The issue is a real issue Mm -hmm. um, that will not go away Mm -hmm. without at least being addressed. So I think that the two most important things um, to begin to address the issue is what you've done, which is both identification and communication. Mm -hmm. So identifying that there is obviously an issue that affects everyone Mm -hmm. and then to start dialogue. So I really commend you and uh, the Simple Church for doing that. Hey, listen, man, we
0: are a long way from where we want to be, but I am honestly... um, trying to evaluate how to proceed, and I'm leaning on Wendell and my other friends, and now you, Lewis, I'm yes, like, all indeed. right, man, talk to me. Yes, and <laughs> Help indeed. me. Now, we were just joking even before we came on twos because we had a
2: lot of mutual friends that we didn't know we had, but John Fulco being one of those. No doubt. Uh, <laughs> John is my hero. Oh, man. <clears throat> I often say that, but really, John Fulco and I, we worked together literally for 30 years. Wow. And um, John was an example in every way for us. Wow. Uh, everything that he did. He was the best at it. Man, oh, I love I mean him, it's dude. a firefighter, he was very, very good. Paramedic, very, very good. Um, just overall instructor, he's a mentor, so um, I'm proud that John's both our friends. Oh,
0: yeah. And if I get on a plane, John's flying my plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's a good me.
2: pilot as well. Oh that's yeah, right.
0: We had to go down to New Orleans. Uh, we were going down for, to help a children's hospital. Okay. So we had some kids that were in there and they were going on. So it was at Christmas. And so I told John, I was like, man, he said, oh, you know, I got you. Let's go. So we go. This is just a little behind the scenes story, too. Mm-hmm. And the weather's getting a little dicey, you know. But we've already committed. We're in or whatever. And I said, John this is he said don't you don't you worry or whatever and man that guy flew that plane and put us in and out of there in the safest most sec- I felt like I was you know in the right hands man. and after that I was like man John cuz I've his Greg like you said I grew up with Greg we okay. used to we used to play some music back in the day together and yeah, all he this. Was stuff. A, oh, yeah. with Exit back oh, in yeah. the day. Oh, that's that's my boy. Yeah, that? he and
2: Danny Orton. Dan,
0: Danny Orton's one of my one of our good friends. His, I actually helped introduce him to his wife.
2: Are you serious? Well, that's the truth. You gonna say take, great. You gonna take great success. For I
0: am. not gonna take credit for it. Great credit. success
2: <laughs> in Nashville. He's just a oh, good, man. talented guy. You
0: know. Yeah. So that's why we. I love. I love. And that was where my connection. All these firefighters were yeah. through Danny and Greg and everything else. So, anyway, so. We have some mutual friends, uh-huh. and you. How long did you you, you say you were at the Shreveport Fire Department? for Thirty four
3: years. Wow,
0: uh-huh. man, this is that talking is a about long time, and that's serious service, man.
2: Yeah, I was so thirty four.
0: You were <laughs> you barely even born, <laughs> I was three, Scott.
2: Three years old. <laughs> you're, yeah. I began. Um, I ended my career as the director of the Fire and Police Academy. So oversaw the training and the hiring and the recruiting and that type of for thing. For both
0: Shreveport? I mean, for the police and the fire no, department? No, it's a
2: mutual academy. So okay. on the one side, we have the um, police department, okay. which we work very closely with. Right. And then on our side is the fire department. But um public service and public safety, um, we train in the same place. So that's what makes this conversation so sure. unique for us in that respect.
0: Yeah, and that's why I'm <clears> thankful <throat> that you're here is because we need to hear that. Oh, yeah, that's right. And we need to continue to talk about that. So that's what we want to do. Let's... Let's get into it, Wendell.
1: Well, first, remember you said you had to clear
0: up some stuff from last week. Good well, yeah. good point. All yeah. right, so yeah. the last t- – and this is going to be the tough part, but this is true. So me and Wendell talked. So he went to Captain Shreve. I went to Southwood. I graduated 87. He graduated much younger than that. Yeah, oh, He's yeah. just a baby over here. Yeah. So I had made the comment that – they bussed Ridgewood to Oak Terrace back in 1983. So that's how I – they called it desegregation, which – I still don't really fully understand the, all of that terminology, but we moved from uh, South Shreveport to Oak Terrace. There was some inter-racial uh, trouble, uh-huh. all right, because they really, again, the black kids weren't happy we were there. The white kids weren't happy they were moving. It was, you know, it was a mess. But then I said when we got to Southwood, I said, "What well, kind of all leveled out?" I mean, I felt like we got along. And so my friends listen to the podcast are like. You a fool. Because, no, it didn't level out. We were still having issues at Southwood. Well, then Wendell said, yeah. what would your friend say? Yeah, when- I,
1: I got a phone call, and I <laughs> said, man, did you not remember the big racial fight? I said, uh, I didn't then, but now I do. Yeah, and that was the same <laughs>
0: yeah. way. It's like, I don't know if yeah. I blocked it out of my mind, or of I course. just didn't think oh, about yeah. it. But I honestly thought, well, we did all right. So Absolutely. It's been a long history, even in shreveport Bossier, sure, of us trying to work through this. So I want your opinion, Lewis. I mean, I want to talk about it. You can go any direction you want to talk about it. We're just trying to seek to understand and open up the conversation. So if there's something, you go, man, here's why I see it or here's some things we need to talk about, that's why I'm thankful you're here. So, okay. So, you know, y'all take it away, man. Give me give me something, Wendell, that you didn't cover, or Lewis, maybe it'll, you'll tag off of that. Y'all talk about it.
1: Well, man, Lewis, he grew up, you know, we both grew up in Cedar Grove. Yeah. And, uh, like, say, uh, Lewis's is – a little bit older than me, but uh, he was—he had an opportunity. They went to Captain Shreve, uh, mm-hmm. you know, way before I did. So why are you trying to make him it, sound like he's old? Uh, well, of course, God <laughs> well, just said he looks like the
0: youngest guy. <laughs> I, I, that's the truth. Yeah, he yeah. really does. No, he he yeah. says he's sixty, but I don't believe that. He no, looks—he
2: looks forty. 40. Well, yeah. at Shreve, um, we were during the time of segregation as well. I came from Eden Gardens, okay, uh, which was a uh, all-black school. And we, when we got to Captain Shreve, we integrated with Uri Drive, okay. which for the most part was a white school. So it was my first introduction to being in the classroom with white students. So uh, it was pretty unique in that respect. Uh, but um, it was a normal, uh, a natural change in that mm-hmm. respect. So we had all those challenges that goes with it. But as it relates to our conversation today, I think the first thing that I want to um, establish is my respect for Mm-hmm. police department Absolutely. and for law enforcement mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. the need for law enforcement Amen. and i'd like to acknowledge the um the vast majority of of police officers who every day mm-hmm. uh, come to work with one intention and that is to do the best that they can to protect and serve our community. So that is, um, as I discussed today, Mm -hmm. I want to do it from that vein, Mm -hmm. recognizing that the police department is a needed entity in our society. Absolutely. Um, It prevents chaos and um, that they are men and women who do a great job Mm -hmm. in our society. So when we start looking at the concerns or the um, injustices that do exist, um, we don't want to use a broad brush in that respect. And Mm -hmm. I think Far too often that happens. That's so true, Lewis. I,
0: you you and I have a lot of similar friends. One of my dear friends now plays guitar bass for us at the church every week is at the Shreveport Police Academy. So I've spent a lot of time. Greg Walker is Oh, out really? There. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Greg, it, and and he did the intro for the song last week and was talking about, he actually started the intro to our music on, As an Officer, I'm Undone, I'm frustrated, you know, Mm because they got to hear, too, that you're exactly right. I mean, the vast, vast majority are people trying to figure out and do it the right way. Uh And I think that's the thing that I think when – here's what I have found from the white community, okay? As soon as you say anything to try to help people understand the black people's point of view – they immediately try to jump to, well, you must be against the police. Right. Or you must be against this group of or that course. group. I'm going, no, I'm not. Not at all. Not at all. And and that's why I appreciate you saying that from the beginning is because if you try to talk about that, it comes across for some reason, uh-huh. and I'm trying to understand that, that, oh, well, you must be against them. So And, that,
1: you, and that's one of the problems, yeah. Justin, is assumptions. Yeah. People assume all the time.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, no, man, I'm nothing but – all of my friends, I mean, we have dear friends, and we have been committed right. to those relationships for a long time. I've ridden out with at Police many times. Absolutely. Because I want to even understand their position and their situation. <clears throat> uh, so uh, that's the thing that I appreciate you saying. But I don't want them to think <laughs> that it's not valid to have an opportunity to hear from the black people that are under the oppression.
2: I uh, I appreciate that so very much, and I appreciate you having both myself and Wendell on from the precision that um, in the fire service. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, the fire department, in my opinion, safe, except maybe the military, is one of the most diverse um, occupations there is. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a diversity uh, trainer, awesome. and one of the things that we teach is that within the fire department, when I was introduced to the fire department as a young man, 19, 20 years old as a firefighter, I not only worked with white guys, I lived with them. That's right. 24 hours a day. You know what I mean? So they were just not just coworkers. They were brothers. That's right. You know, and not only brothers, but I've worked with uh, firefighters who were willing to um, give anything in order to make sure that myself and other firefighters were safe. So it's a very unique position, a unique fraternity uh, in that respect. Uh, Someone says, or we say, that in foxholes and house fires, all men are brothers. <laughs> Amen. You know, I don't. It doesn't. If we're in this foxhole, I don't care what what color you are. Help me. Uh, One thing that we do know is that we're in it together. That's right. And so the fire department taught me that, and in teaching me that, it taught me that there are clearly some things that we have um, that's different, but there are a whole lot of things that we have in common. Yes. And so um, we work together, we live together, we eat together, we pray together, we. You know, and so the fire department is unique in that position. I don't think there are many other careers that can say that. Um, One of my counterparts, who was a police officer, I don't know, I think uh, law enforcement, we work with uh, each other every day. I said, yeah, you do. But do you live with them? (laughs) It's a big difference. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. 24 hours a day. Are you with them more than you're with your family? Do you hear them snoring? That's what you're asking. (laughs) Did we ever? (laughs) Yeah, he's like, man, look, I I got to put up with their snoring and everything else. No doubt about it, man. So uh, it's taught us just a great appreciation uh, in that respect. And of course, you know, there were some challenges in that respect. Sure. I was amongst the uh, first black or African American firefighters that were hired in Shreveport. So uh, it was new to me. Uh, Whereas my counterparts, uh, you know, their dads were firefighters, their granddads, their brother-in-laws and that type of thing. We were literally first generation. So I had no exposure. I didn't know anything about it. um, And it was not easy to get into it, you know. And so uh, there were some things that had to be done in order to give us an opportunity, which was all that we were asking for. Just give me a chance. I'll take the civil service test. I'll make above a 90 on it. You know, I'll pass the background check. I'll pass the drug test. Just give me a chance. But until that time, none of those things mattered. And that was the 70s, roughly. That's right. Yeah, well, I came into the very early 80s, but it was in the uh, mid-70s before blacks were even hired on the fire department.
1: Justin, uh, I, I had the opportunity wow, to be wow. a part of uh, uh African-American. Uh, he was a pastor at the time, but he, was, uh, he always wanted to be a, a firefighter, and he was denied because it was back in that time when it was a, It wasn't, blacks weren't allowed. and uh, It
2: was he who got me the application. It was
1: he, I'm going to let him tell you that story.
2: Yeah, tell us that story. Well, he's just a, he was just our mentor. Um, I'm, His name is Dale Johnson. Okay. And Dale was a, uh, for many years, he was a Sunday school teacher before he became a minister. Came out of the military, great military career, great family man, very established. Mm-hmm. And when he came in, he went down because he wanted to be a firefighter. And they were honest enough to tell him yeah. that, they were not com. They um, encouraged them to go apply for the police department because they were not comfortable or were not ready to hire uh, black firefighters. And what yet.
0: year is this, Lewis, Roughly, yeah,
2: it had to be uh, early '70s. Okay, early '70s. Yeah. And so um, he got past the age, but he encouraged myself and others um, in order to have that opportunity. Wow,
0: it's it's a little hard. For, every time I I say this, I mean I've I've talked about it in the church before, but I'll put up an image because I'm again I was born in late 60s, of 69, okay. kid of the 70s, teen of the 80s, uh-huh. then moved on. That really wasn't my experience. And I had, obviously, some racial tension. Uh-huh. But to think of what you guys went through and how much more difficult it was even going back further. And as I said in the sermon, I said this past week, my grandparents were racial. They were they were racist. I mean, they, it it wasn't good. They would say things, whatever. My parents kind of turned them that corner for me uh-huh. of going we ain't gonna do that right you're going you know, and so we begin to turn the, and then obviously i'm trying to turn the corner even harder with my kids and making sure that even though culture may do something or what's going on but it's shocking to me that it's
2: that late in our history Oh, no doubt no doubt i mean absolutely none was hired uh in the mid in the 70s wow just would not you know it just wasn't happening so what <clears throat> what made you go i want to be a fireman I appreciate that. I was working at a grocery store. I was going to uh, high school, delivering groceries at a grocery store. A.P. Defatis. Oh yeah. And I would go down to Central Station, and uh, I would um, bring them dinner at the end of the when they their shift. So I come in, and these guys are um, they may order barbecue sandwiches, or order milk, or whatever. And I take it in. And these guys are pretty much my age. You know, they're hanging out. You know what I mean? They're playing ping pong. They're working <laughs> together. I'm like, hey, this looks pretty cool to me. <laughs> So I asked, "What do I need to do in order to do this?" And so I was told to um, given the instructions to go take the test and that type of thing. And that the then chief, Chief Dallas Green, I remember would name. frequent the uh, store pretty often as well. So um, I spoke to him, took the test, did well, and you know that type of thing. So at that at time,
3: though, do you remember how many? How many black men were on the fire department?
2: I would uh, venture to say that there were uh, certainly less than a dozen. Wow. Wow! Less than a dozen. And uh, we did not get hired in numbers until um, the 80s, and then it was being forced by the Justice Department. So there was a uh, decree that says, okay, guys, enough is enough. You've got to hire some now.
0: So let's talk about that, because... I don't know that everybody fully understands all that, and there's probably on the white side they uh-huh. they're they don't like that or they feel like that <clears throat> it was unfair.
2: Help them, us to understand why. Uh, you know it's a it's a nearly uncomfortable um discussion, even for me, yeah, uh, to be honest with you, but it's just the truth is the it's the truth. So with that being said, imagine if you would. Um, When I took the civil service test, you records for show, I made a 96 on the civil service test. A 96, okay? What Um, was required,
0: Lewis, at the time? 75. 75.
2: 75. So 96 was, I smashed it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) But prior to that, it wouldn't matter. It doesn't matter what you made, you're not going to be hired. Okay. So uh, with that being the case, I was given the opportunity. And when the Justice Department came in and there was a... Justice this uh, decision that says now um, you must hire African-Americans. You must do it in this percentage or whatever. There were many people who were offended by that, who thought uh, had some concerns about that. But the um, answer is that the only reason it was done, because otherwise it was obvious that it would not happen otherwise. I was sitting in on a conversation at the fire station as a young man. And um, some of the white guys were, Concerned about things like affirmative action and things like that, of which you know there are varying opinions, Mm -hmm. and because at that point you are now hiring African Americans, they say there's no need for that anymore. You look, 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 hey, you did a good job. You're a paramedic. You've passed everything. You've had a fair shot. You know that type of thing Mm -hmm. is what was said. But really, the conversation wasn't for me. It was for someone else who couldn't quite address it. Right. And so um, I was called into the conversation. Louis, don't you agree? That there's no need for that anymore. I mean, you know, it's fixed now. Why would you give someone else an advantage in that respect? And I, I said respectfully if you can understand those who are uncomfortable, if you are in a process in which you did, you followed the rules, you did all the things you're supposed to do, but you were denied simply because of your race, is it reasonable to expect an organization or a group or a society that had to be forced? Governmentally forced to do that, which is right by regulations, um, is it reasonable to think that if those regulations go away, that they will do the right thing? You know, so you know you can make your own decision on that. Mm-hmm. So um, the question is, is there a need until we um, do what is right, then something or someone intervenes just for fairness' sake, yeah. nothing other than that, and that's the thing I think myself and Wendell. Uh, wants to express, I don't please don't give me I don't want you to give me anything extra. Sure. Don't don't give me this for this reason or for that reason. Give me a fair shot and, and let's see what happens. Yeah. yeah give me a chance to a take level, the test
1: level playing and, and
2: see what happens. Give me an opportunity to uh, pass the drug test and let's see what happens. Right. You know, we were not allowed that or we're not afforded that until, you know, a, a different time in history. And Justin,
1: that that guy that he told you about the the Mr Dale. Johnson mm-hmm. Man, when he was – he got the chance to see Chief Johnson and some others promoted, and they when they made him an honorary firefighter and they gave him a helmet. That's awesome. Man, he put that helmet on, and he wore it the rest of the evening. And it it brought tears. Because it was a dream. Yeah, Yeah, it brought tears to a lot of people's eyes because he never – you know, he was never given the opportunity to to become a fireman. As the chief of training,
2: we had a a program – and we bought him out and uh, presented him, made him an honorary firefighter. I that's think awesome.
1: uh,
0: uh-huh. uh, CJ
1: was Steve getting Henderson. Promoted. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, was getting
0: promoted. That's right. See, the reason I, we got to have wow. the conversation is I don't think people want to have the conversation. Yes, I don't think they even want to think about it. They don't want to believe that that's true. Right. When the only way for us to know that is to hear that and be forced to look at that a little closer
2: and uh, i think the uh with the current situation that we have i think um as it relates to the first thing establishing is that we believe and we support law enforcement absolutely and that the and the law enforcement does a great job so mm-hmm. i think that needs to be said also i think it needs to be said as it relates to um uh, non non-african americans there are um, just millions and, I mean, multitudes of white citizens who uh, support and embrace that which is right mm-hmm. and willing to make sacrifices to support and protest yeah. and that type of thing as well. So that's very important. But uh, I think the thing that is most chilling, if you were walking in the uh, shoes of a African-American, is that now when you see a video of a um, African-American being, uh, you know, mistreated by law enforcement. And there are some who say, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe that." That's what some would say, mm-hmm. but you would say, "When when you see that." Oh man,
1: it 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 would like man, that could have that could have been me. Yeah, not,
2: but it's not new to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, throughout I mean, we've always grown up knowing that to be the case. Yeah, but uh, cell phones and cameras have been around in the last eight years, ten right. years. Okay, but that type of treatment maybe is just started when the cameras came out. How reasonable is that to think that yeah. these type of atrocities that we see, um, this person being pulled to the side of the road and being mistreated for no reason, yep. but now we've got it on camera. Maybe it just started. It didn't just start. No, it's documented now. Absolutely. So that makes a difference, and it gives others some type of insight into what a, a part of our community has dealt with for yep. generations. Yeah, literally our- for generations. So now you see this on camera. That this person is literally being mistreated, mistreated. or you know, f- for whatever reason, by law enforcement, but that's not new, right? You know, so
0: yeah, I'd heard Dr. Tony Evans. You may be familiar with Very him. Very familiar with him. Yeah. So Dr. Tony Evans, I I watched him the other night. Uh, he pulled his grandkids and his children into the living room, and Priscilla Shire, who again is his daughter, was videoing it. And she went live to show everybody what was happening because he had pulled all his kids into the living room and said, and he told stories of him growing up and the oppression and the interactions he had had uh, so that they would know this is not new. Right. Just as you're saying, looks like, hey, this, your, your grandfather, I, it happened to me. But then he was saying of of the responsibility to, as you said, respect police officers and respect the authority but at the same time find a way to let your voice be heard because this is our chance possibly to help America be better yes to help our churches be better to right. help our people and as Christians the responsibility this is what I keep going back to what really aggravates me Lewis now again I I get my own I have my own issues I'm a sinner saved by grace and I'm working on it we thank God but whenever people try to separate the issues and act like you can as a Christian not really I don't really need to get involved in that it doesn't line up it's impossible mm-hmm. so for me I can't just know this is going on and go well let me just go preach another series let me just find some other thing to talk about I got to go this is happening yes in front of my eyes in front of our eyes and we are one race yes We come all from the same two people, and God says that over and over in Scripture. We are all together. He said heaven will be full of different nations. But it's like we almost don't want to act like on the white side at times, like, well, I know, yeah, I hear you, I hear you, but. And I'm like, no but. That's right. I just had a conversation with a white friend this morning, and he said what I'm tired of hearing because he was talking about on, on his side, he's at work, and he's going, and he goes, I'll hear them go, yeah, yeah, but. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm tired of the butt." Like, from the from his wife of friends. Course. it's like. So I get it, and that's why, without these conversations and hearing from you and giving you the voices and the ways for us to understand, which that's why I can't say it enough. I know your heart, man. You're pro-police. You're pro-fire and in, in c- community. But even in the midst of that, we do have to go – yeah, but we've had a problem, you know, and, and I, we're working through I'll that. I'll tell you,
2: you know? another, um, another uh, example, Pastor, is that I've been very blessed to not necessarily have had as many concerns right. or encounters for whatever reason. Um, but Dr. King said a couple of things, that, and I hate to be um, – but I just can't uh, – my daughter was doing an interview mm-hmm. on yesterday, mm-hmm. and um, she quoted him. Dr. King says that injustice anywhere – is a threat to justice everywhere. 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 So that means that even though you may not be being affected by it, I might not be affected by it. I mean, no one has hit me. Yeah. No one has mistreated me um, at this moment, at this time. But the fact that that injustice exists, if we do not speak against it and do something to correct it, then the justice that you are experiencing is threatened by yeah, it. I agree. You know? 100% I agree. And lastly, he says, from a Christian perspective, um, he says that um, darkness cannot drive out darkness. It's the light. Only light can do that. Mm-hmm. And he says that hatred cannot drive out hatred. Only love. Man. Only love can do Only that. I love. put
0: that in the sermon last Come week, Come on,
2: by the man. Because <laughs> you a, got to. It's the foundation of who we are. And, and, and it is, you know, so when we're looking for the answer, you know, we know that Christ yeah. is the answer. He is the answer. Which is why he tells us to love our neighbor. That's right. As ourself. Yeah, and somebody you know.
0: that you can look up and, and listen to what he said, and, and we've listened to him recently, is Miles McPherson. You may remember him as well. He's an well, African-American black pastor on the West Coast. He has what he calls the third option, mm. and he wrote a book on it and, it. and the whole point is it's the it's the Jesus option because <laughs> there's the right and the left, and right. they think this, and they, you know, whoever. Of course. But there is the third option. Sure. The third what option. And, and his – His kid is a police officer. Okay. You know, his family has a history of it. He goes, so this idea that I'm against, I'm not against police officers. I'm not for, you know, putting them down or belittling them or, no, that's not, I'm trying to tell you that we all have to figure out how to get to a place to where there is real change. That's right. And so as Christians, as believers, and that's what he's saying is like, we have to be Instigate. Now now that's why I love Wendell and, and again I told them we've got to figure out more ways to serve together. Sure. Because it tears down those walls. Every time we serve together, it's just like you were saying the firefighters. The more we work together, mm-hmm. the more we serve together, right, the more we worship together, that's the right. more we hang out together, yeah. it is not an issue. Yes, yeah, right. It will begin to go down that's and down right. and the enemy is then defeated because it's like Man, we're all the same. Yes, indeed. We're trying to figure that out, and and not, me and Wendell talked about the last podcast. Is we started out, they were nervous of us coming <laughs> on to Second Mountain Zion because I just wanted to come help, but I could tell everybody, like, man, what's he sure. doing here? But then the last time, after ten years, we're cooking and eating and cutting up in the backyard. <laughs> Kids right. are playing, and, and that's I, what I, I told them. I it's, think
1: what made them nervous was they saw how you were acting, and they thought
0: everybody was going to be like that. See, that ain't <laughs> right. He thinks I'm crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, Lewis, I ain't yeah. that crazy. I I'm told just trying.
1: You. To... I said he ain't taking his medication. He'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Whatever, you crazy
2: boy. But it, this is this is this is really big. Yeah. Just the fact that you would take the time. And when I say you, I mean you, you, the church oh, absolutely. in general, just would take the time to uh, to give a listen. And um, I think that um, anyone who is for what will make us better simply is uh, wanting to see yeah. change. Yes, now, what that avenue to get there, what that instrument will be, is uh, obviously undetermined at this point, but um, change is, is necessary. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that uh, just kind of put a light on it in that so, respect.
0: So let's go next level with another from both of y'all's perspective, because I'm going to take it just a whole one, okay. other, one other level. Okay. One thing I hear from the white community, and I, I know I b- believe I know what y'all going to say, but I want them to hear what you're going to say so they don't go, well, that's just Justin saying whatever. They all come back and say, yeah, but look at them out there looting and look at them out there tearing stuff up and look at them doing all this kind of, that ought to prove blah, 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 blah. So what I have said, and I am just want to get your take on this, Do you want me to pick the 1% out of whites that are doing stuff that's crazy and let them be that's your representative? Or do you want to look at the whole group of the, I think there's 40 million African Americans, black people in America. When you're talking about less than 1% are out doing that, but you're going to ignore the other 39 million plus that are doing the right thing and trying to figure it out. We don't want them to say that about us on 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 any group of people. But talk about that that's that's not what you're uh, about that 's not what you think is right is to to tear stuff up, but at the same time, how do you protest and how do you do that in an effective way
2: um um i'd like to say I think that as relates to the um, movement, if you would, I think Dr. King made it very clear what the goal is. the goal is to um initiate change, and to use it by nonviolent means. Peace. Mm-hmm. I think anyone who is for what's right, that's right. will not support or embrace anyone um, destroying someone's property or looting or taking advantage of it for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't support that. Right. I think that that's wrong. Mm-hmm. So let me be on record as saying that. Yep. But those people who are looking at the fact, that look at him, he took that television. That's wrong. You are looking at that. But have you considered one time what initiated that? Mm -hmm. Is uh, is the only thing that we're looking at the fact that they broke a window? Are we looking at the fact that there was a reason that this was initiated to begin with? Mm -hmm. So if we could um, apply as much focus to the underlying cause, which is uh, systemic and proven mistreatment. You know what I mean? And then what uh, what facilitates from there? So I don't know what the answer is. I do not think that's right. I do not support that. Mm -hmm. But those people who say, "Man, I'm tired of hearing about this every day. I'm tired of hearing about this every day. I really respect that. Mm -hmm. But my challenge to those who are tired of hearing about it every day. I challenge you to try living it (sighs) every day. Mm.
0: That's the truth, though, man. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, try living it uh, every day. And so, uh, and I'm not, you know, uh, saying, oh, woe are we, mm-hmm. uh, in that respect? But it, it's a fact that uh, there are some challenges uh, in our country, and race is the uh, basis of it. And I think that we, as a group of people, starting with the church, mm-hmm. uh, need to come up with a solution so that we can literally live as brothers uh, in this respect, so that everyone feel validated, yeah, everyone feel that they have mm-hmm. value. You know, and you're oh, not yeah. undervalued. Uh, my, your pulse rate should not go up any more than mine when you see police lights. That's right. Uh, but believe me, you know, I'm an I'm a upstanding citizen, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think yeah. your record stays. Yeah, you know, man. but uh, every now and then, depending on what situation you're in, you've got to get your mind right on how you respond to this, how you yeah. uh, act in a certain situation. So, you know, I think the key is for us to come together, for us to uh, love and support each other, for us to acknowledge that there are some injustices mm-hmm. that can be uh, addressed and uh, for us to look to the Lord for it, answering how to do that.
0: That's good. Wendell, what you got on that? But, Lewis, that's strong. I love it. Well, I, I think
1: it kind of goes back to what you said, Justin, about the, the percentage uh, the, that 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 are doing the looting. You know, it, it's it's not a big percentage. And what about the people that are standing there and asking are doing the peaceful Mm protest and 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 you have the the the, uh officers ask them well what can we do well in one instance they said well walk with us Mm -hmm. and the sheriff said i'll walk with you that's right and they walked a little bit and they talked and next thing you know their arms were interlocked Mm -hmm. just by talking Mm -hmm. they 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 begin to listen to each other one talk one listen the other one talked the other one listened you gotta talk this thing out, man. Yeah.
0: You know. You know what's interesting is you may also remember, and the reason I agree, and I I just hope and pray and will work to do it on my end. So I can't I can't affect nobody else. Right. I, I can only do what I know what God asked me to do, and I understand. So all the listeners out there, yes, people have you know, well, Justin, are people really upset about it? Yes. Have white people that I know and respect and love tell me they're never going to give another dollar to our church over this? Yes. And good riddance. If that's what that takes, I can't believe that in 2020, someone who professes to be a believer in Christ, white or black, right. could not see something has to be done. And by a message in love that I don't think my message last week was crazy by any stretch of mind. Please go back and listen and give me some feedback and go... Man, maybe you should have said this different, or maybe but majority of friends, and I've asked a lot of black people to like, African american y'all please and they're like, Man, thank you. That was good, man, that helped. Whatever it is. Well, I'm not saying I'm some man, I got it figured out. I'm just saying, man, we got some work to do. That's right. And we've got to figure this out. So what's concerning to me is that in the in the grand scheme of us trying to navigate it, even just the conversation of one sermon. Or a couple of podcasts would make people say, I ain't doing this. That shows, just as you said, how deep the issue is. That's right. It's because if you can't listen to someone, uh-huh. you can't turn on and go, man, talk to me. Let's tell him I'm trying to figure it out. Or, Wendell, let's go eat lunch and talk again. Or, And you can't do that. Oh, man, I, I don't know, man. That That's where I go back. So Michael Jr. is a comedian that we brought into the church. He's a black man. One of my friends, a great dude, all right? This dude's in Dallas, and he's just phenomenal. He's a Christian comedian. He's the best. Uh-huh. So Michael Jr. put out a video telling a story of how he had had a gun put to his head by a police officer and was trying to go, hey, guys, you know, you love me. You've had me in your churches. You think, all oh, that dude's funny and whatever it is. But, no, it's me too. Uh-huh. Okay, so just so you know... But then he said, i got a solution for you. You'll like this window. So this last video, I'm going to play it Sunday in the pre-show that we do a little countdown before. It. He said, what if, what if, when we talk about real change, because I do want to know your input on this, because we're also trying to figure out what to do. So we know, I, I, some know there's a problem. Yes. What we don't know necessarily is what are the steps to resolve the problem? There's theories, and we're beginning to work through that. But one of the things they came up with was he said, what if in the police departments there was a, a, a law or a procedure that was in place that they would, and this is interesting, have to eat one meal together with someone not of their color in their neighborhood without their police uniform on, without their weapon, and that they could just have a time where the black family would say, dude, my home is open. And the white guy would say, I'm willing to sit in your home and just sit and talk. And he said, in, if you got 12 months, give a give me once a month for 10 months, two months off, you don't have to do it. What would happen if we just sat down and ate together? Michael Jr.'s theory is, is you'd go, you know what, Steve's not too bad a guy. Oh, no. Man, we like the same team. Oh. Man, we like the same. Now, how do you cook that? And how do you do this? So I thought, interesting. Go ahead, and,
2: and once again, within our career in the fire department, that's what we do. That's exactly right. We sit at the same table you know what i mean we bless the same food we take turns blessing you know what i mean um so whether it's lord bless this meal or uh, bless us oh lord for these i gifts which we're about to receive right however whoever it is we literally eat together at the same table um the coolest thing i was in the mall um some time ago and i heard someone say uncle lewis uncle lewis now look and this is blonde haired, blue eyed <laughs> daughter of one of my coworkers that we worked with for years ago. That's you know awesome. what I mean? So when she saw me, you know, I'm I'm Uncle Lewis. Well, how's that? It's because when you're a little girl all the way through, Man. your dad and I work together. So he's not just my coworker. Obviously if I'm your uncle, he was my brother. Man, that's awesome. You, you know what I mean? And so and also I teach at Cattle Career Center. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So um it's uh it's always cool to um identify the the tide that binds us, mm-hmm. you, you know what I mean, oh, as yeah. opposed to focusing on those things that separate us. So I think we've got to major on that tide that binds and, and we know what that is.
0: So I, And that's why I say you, it, it proves the point. I mean, I would say the same thing for us is when we ate together, serving together oh, yeah. was part of it, but then when everybody began to eat together. So I'm going, if nothing else, take somebody to lunch. That's right. Just invite them to lunch. Say, man, let's go eat lunch sometime. So that you can just sit and listen. and Because people would say, well, what can I do? I, I ask yourself, do you have an African-American black friend? And then go, man, I would like to reach out and begin to figure out and understand. Because I care about you. I want to understand. I'm seeking to understand. Because y'all's jobs facilitate some of that. But for someone who doesn't have that type of job, stretch yourself a little bit. Be willing. Like We went on a mission trip, and I interviewed the guy last week. Uh, Z he plays baseball at Southern. He's a black young man that's just outstanding. I mean, he was one of my favorite kids on the trip. We took him to Guatemala. We w- went and, did it, and he was the only black kid that went with us. Mm-hmm. And while we we're on the trip, we were talking about it, and he said, "Man, I've played baseball with white kids my whole life. It don't mean nothing to me. I mean, they're my brothers. We're teammates. We're right. friends or whatever." So as we went through all of that, we went and then interviewed his mama, and his mama's perspective is what got me and i don't even know if this made it on the video or not because they were going to extend that out she said you'll never know though how i had to walk through my emotions of sending my black son with all white people out of this country when i really didn't know y'all and she said because i'm a believer i got on my knees and said god if this is what you want give me that peace and let me know well robin who's our missions coordinator girl lady She's a white lady. They connected, and it became mama to mama. So color didn't matter then. She was like Miss Tammy, I got your boy. Right. I'm gonna take care of him just like he's my son. Well, that tore down a lot of walls because yes. it's like well, there it doesn't matter. We're here to love, all, and all of us were blessed yes. because of that relationship. And now we're bonded at another level. And I only say that just as an illustration of time.
2: And when, when, we, when we talk color, we literally have got to. We've got to submit this um, through the lenses of Christ, Mm -hmm. who loves us, um, loves us all, and gave his life for us all, and not just color alone. Because we can talk about color and still have challenges. Um, I had a friend that told a joke about this coach that came to town. He was coming into a black school, uh, white school, and they were mixed, and they were having some challenges or whatever. But his reputation preceded him, in that they said he was, you know, uh, he was racist and prejudiced or whatever. Pretty strong reputation. But he was trying to get a, uh, away from that. So when he got all the team together, he told the guys, said, look, guys, I know what you've heard. He said, but don't worry about this. We're one team. We're going to work hard and have a great season, and everybody's going to be on the same page.' As a matter of fact, there is no black. There is no white. We're all green. Everybody here is green. Okay, so let's go. Light green over here, dark green over there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so sometimes we, we look at people, but we still fail to see that we still make differences, oh, yeah. you know, when we're thinking that we are not.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I can tell you my life, and I said this about Wendell. And I'll say it about you, even today, Lewis. My life is only better the more I have you in it. I'm a better man. I'm a better pastor. I'm a better friend, and that's the truth. Amen. I need more, Amen. not less. So if, if somebody's confused and 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 they're missing out,
2: Pastor, if there's any questions or anyone else would like, to, you know, other. Sure. Perspective other than our own, I'd be uh, more than glad to extend this conversation. Yes. And so others who would like to have their views or share, because uh, certainly my views are not the only ones. Oh, sure. But I do believe that love is the answer.
0: I do too. I, I
2: do believe that. I do believe that the church should take the lead. I do. I, I, believe, do th- that. I believe that. listening is the beginning. Amen. You know, um, and dialogue is. So I believe those things for sure. And um, once again, which is what you're doing. And so I really commend you for that. But I don't think that just because I view something one way, that that's the only way to view it. So I'd be glad to have that conversation with others who might have questions or other perspectives um, other than our own.
0: That's why we like to bring you back. That's why Wendell came back, because we got to make some. And and we have an email. They can email us at?
2: Podcast at
3: the tv. That's
0: with an S. It's plural. No, No, it's not plural. Okay, my bad. Yeah, because
3: what we learned is is, uh, people were sending email to the plural, and it was getting bounced back.
0: So it's just podcast. So that's my fault. <laughs> yeah, because for the <laughs> longest time he kept saying plural, but so it's just podcast.
3: Yeah, just podcast. Okay. At yeah. Church.
0: And, and The, the reason church. we do that is...
3: Uh, dot TV, sorry.
0: So as we get those emails in we say, come on back here's let's hear some of their Absolutely. questions cuz it's a way for them to do yeah. it sure. also
3: you can find us on instagram and facebook and send a message to there which people do as well yeah. right.
0: and we have uh, we have an opportunity to go on the radio here um, there's a there's a local christian radio station that has been wearing me out wanting us to do this live at yeah. a lunch hour so if that happens y'all going to be one of the first guests for sure because to me that's the other side of us too. As many venues, as many avenues as possible yes. for people to see and begin to understand and dialogue. And I think, I pray that again, the church will begin to go, okay, we got to figure this out. We we do need to leave. And that's why I love Martin Luther King Jr. because, and this will be one other thing we talk about. I don't, where are we at on time? Are we all right, Scott?
3: You're at 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah, we got plenty of time. <laughs>
0: but we usually go about an hour. So we got about okay. another 15 minutes. But okay. let me throw this out there. Because this is controversial. I'm going to talk on it a little Sunday. So this will stir them up for sure. Because this is a a perception that I'd love to get y'all's input on. Tony Evans said this. So this isn't my original idea. When Tony said it, I was like, man, that's exactly right. And he used Martin Luther King Jr. as an example. Back in the day, so you go 60s or whatever, particularly with Martin Luther King Jr., the church was influencing politics the idea was he carried his bible the meetings were held in churches and then they went into the community and then they went on the marches but it would began in prayer it began in this honest desire to go we have to be peaceful we have to figure out and there was when i i wasn't around so when i watched the videos or i watched the movies it's unbelievable to me okay I'm still living in it, uh-huh. and it's still unbelievable, okay? But what he said, and Tony said this, the problem his perception is, as a black pastor in Dallas and, is that it switched, that the church has become political, and we're not leading that. We're political first, and it switched the the focus. And he says, oh, we need to go back to <laughs> we're the church. And we're not we're not trying to make this a political battle because politics hadn't changed it it's not going to change If it had changed it it had happened a long time ago the real issue is for us Now, this is Dr. Tony Evans' perception and I thought man I agree with that a lot of, in a lot of ways because what I hear is well yeah but this side did that or this I'm talking about as a believer in Christ as a follower in Jesus so if if you're not that I understand that you don't understand you're you're not going to understand of course But if you're a believer in Christ and you are a Christian, I mean, that word can be, again, misconstrued now because I'm not sure that everyone that uses that word really means that. So I go with Jesus followers, even another level. It has to be driven in love. It has to go back to love. It has to be peaceful. It has to be love your enemies. Now, again, I got in a little trouble last week because I told them, if you don't like it, then you need to go find somewhere else. And somebody came back and was, that might have been a little strong, and I'm like, well, it might have been, but also, I don't want to be misconstrued as being, well, I'm a little light on this issue. I'm, am am It doesn't. It's not that big a deal. When well, I'm going, no, if there's ever been a big deal, this is a big deal.
2: It, it is a big deal, but yet we, um, by the grace of God, the Holy Spirit has put different people at different places. Mm-hmm. So this, it's really a growth. It's a process. Yeah. Even amongst the, uh, even amongst the best of us. You, you know what I mean? Right. So there are people who are good people, people who are literally uh, doing what they can as far as uh, the cause of Christ in many areas, but are growing in this particular area. Yes. You You know what I mean? So, sure. um, and Maybe not. I, I know you didn't mean hit the road, Jack, type no. of thing um, in, in that respect, but um, we all have our challenges, sure. whatever that might be. So mine might be in this area. One is in that area. So uh, this is an area in which some people um, – are growing or have some challenges so i think that the movement uh is shining light in that respect um you know michael jackson talks about the importance of looking at or starting with the man in the The man yeah oh yeah yeah you know i've got to be honest with me where am i um, with this particular um on the what's my position on what's going on so uh, a lot of people their intention is not to be bad or not to be against this or that but it takes some um, some growth and so that's why I have to pray with each other and move together um, for those who are not quite where we are.
0: You might should have talked to me before last week's message. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you, you well, know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Uh-huh. And I guess my, my mm, strong uh, delivery on that one particular issue is what happened was, let me give you a little history on that, Louis, because it'll be we have a greeter, uh-huh. black man, friend of mine. And he was sharing his stories of how people would mistreat him, even in the church as they walked in. They would greet the white guy, and the other white greeter, would. it would break his heart. Like, I'm sorry, man. And he like, I can't change that person or whatever. And so I was like, look, if you can't work on this or be willing to work on this right. and have a desire, then you've been here a while. You, you're coming. I mean, right. what, what's going on sure, now? Sure, sure. So, so you're right. I, I, I I'm working on it. So you know, I, I'm not gonna say I would apologize for it. I'm saying that I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't believe, and here's the reason why. I'm a white guy, and I think they misconstrue when I go. Well, yeah, I probably they're gonna like, see we yeah see he's really he re, and I'm like no 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 mm-hmm. don't
2: misconstrue what no I'm doubt. saying. No doubt.
0: Like no, I, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh huh and I don't like it, that's and right. I'm not going to put up with it if I see it, and I ain't going to stand for it when I hear it for no it. doubt. So don't miss, be misconstrued, but do I need to love you in that process? Yes, and you better pray that Jesus helps me, because I ain't good
2: at it. That's right. So I'm working on but it. But that's, <laughs> that's what he specializes in. Yes, that's exactly Doing right. Doing those things that we cannot. Amen. You know, which is Jesus. nothing without him. Amen. You know? yeah, You're right.
1: I, I think people are quick to speak out on certain issues, but when it comes to People being done wrong because of the color of their skin people kind of stand back and they don't really say anything yeah when you're silent about it it only makes that problem bigger yeah and it, the person that's being done wrong it make them feel that you you're good with that yeah yeah you didn't say anything you're yeah. good
0: with it well I think the I guess my the, if there's any encouragement or any hope that I see is in the generations that are behind me my kids and the kids behind oh, me. I think they're going no nah, this That's is right. we done with this. That's so, right. I mean we we got to keep pushing and That's we got to right. keep trying to go for. And it's going to be rough because I think there's going to be powers that are in place that are going to make that difficult. That's right. But anything worth The young people are speaking out and uh, <clears throat> have a guy that I see
1: daily and uh we we had a talk. We were talking and he said, "Man, my My parents, he said, I grew up in a house, and he said, you know, I'm not going to say my parents were racist, but he said, I just grew up and we just kind of looked at it as, you know, white people mingle together and black people mingle together, but but he has a son now. This guy has a son that stands up to him and said, that ain't right. Mm -hmm. He said, that ain't right, and your beliefs are wrong
0: yeah yeah and I well, we had some people talk about that this week for us too that well, on the positive side, we're going, man, they their the parents, for example, may have thought differently, but their kids have brought in friends of different colors, and it is changing the parents' opinion mm-hmm. and then, as they're coming through, they're working through that and going man I, maybe I am wrong and the kids are actually teaching the adults and I'm going hey whatever whatever works man whatever we got to do
2: it, it always um, it was always interesting to me for everyone to to know or it' was important to me that everyone knew that those things that are important to you they're important to me mm-hmm. you know the fact that my children would um, be decent and get their education that's important to me yep the fact that they would um, be raised in the fear and the admonition of the Lord that's important to me yep. That they would do what's right and respect each other. That's important to me. So we find that decency doesn't have a color. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So if you are a um, lazy bum, that's just what you are. That's right. Doesn't matter what color you are. It's not because you are white guys. It's not because you're black guys. It's because you don't work, because you won't do what's right. You won't do those things that add value to you or um, that is required of us. You know. So, uh, but those things for that are important, they're important. But to live peaceably is important to me. Mm-hmm. You know, to not have to live in fear of um, one group or another—that's important to me, and really, it's important to you. But you've not had—you have not had that experience. So, unless we've had that experience, it's difficult to be able to speak to it.
0: Man, that's good.
2: It's difficult to be able to speak. You know, to even imagine, Scott, could you imagine what what it's like to uh, know that when you're driving your car. That there's a possibility that you're going to be pulled over for no other reason other than the fact that you are that you're, you're blind, right. other than the fact that you have um, green, you have on a blue shirt, yeah. or you know, or the color of your skin. You, who would think that?
3: I know. I, I no. I mean, I definitely wouldn't know what that's like at all because of the color of my skin. So, but that's why this is a gut check for
2: a lot of people like me because I didn't realize it. And and others would uh, would deny it. So, no, that doesn't happen. That okay. happened back in the '80s. That happened back in the '70s. No, it does happen. Mm-hmm. It does happen, and it doesn't matter uh, what your education is. It doesn't matter what your socio-economic status is. It's a reality that you have to, that you have to learn to deal with. Yeah, that's you know, what I in heard. That respect
0: from, from another um, uh, NFL guy. I recently heard trying to help his teammates and and different people understand. Very well respected. That their conversation to go along with that was that they figured out that they should put their alma mater on their license plate. You know how you'll have a little license plate cover Mm -hmm. or a little ring around it to say LSU alumni or Northwestern alumni or whatever. In their locker rooms, I heard this recently, like two weeks ago, that he said, this is what we all discuss as black men. Hey, man, did you get your, your alumni thing on there yet? And so some of the rookies were saying, man, why do I do that? He said, because when you get pulled over, if that policeman looks and goes, man, I like that school, or maybe this man's educated, it might save your life. I could not believe that that is what they're thinking and what they're having to go through. And it broke my heart. I'm going that that's that's a real conversation happening in NFL locker rooms and in college locker rooms to go, it's a, it's a step. And then he went to the next level and said, if I go out into public, because he's a strong, Absolutely. big black man, sure, he says I put on glasses and I bring a book satchel when I go and go into any other places. And the and the interviewer said, "No, nah, no, nah, I'm sorry, I'm trying to understand." He said, "Because it makes me look smarter, at least to that person that mm-hmm. less, may not like me, less threatening, mm-hmm. less threatening." And mm-hmm. he's, and I'm going, I got I got to hear that. I need to hear that. I right. need to understand. Just like you're saying, you need to know that that's the way you feel, and that's the fear you've had for your kids or for your life. That we don't, and so that's why today's important. And the more we talk, and the more that comes out there, it helps everyone understand a little bit more what the reality is of going on. One last question, because I, I, I mean, because I appreciate all that, but because you're in the academy. Is there any, and this is a we could come back again for okay. a whole topic on this. No problem. But what training, in both of you, Wendell, you can add in anything, do you think needs to be implemented? Or do you think there's anything? Because right now you went through the fire academy and you had friends that were probably in the police academy. Absolutely. How many hours are spent on diversity training? Or is it looked down upon when it happens, like, oh, i got to go in here? Because I remember going to school, and in some classes I'd go, this is a joke. right? And how do you believe that's going on? Do you believe that can be changed? What do you think that looks like moving forward as another real opportunity to change some of the things that we're experiencing?
2: Um, you know, I, um, I do leadership training and when i do leadership training i'll go into different companies and you are talk about leadership the supervisors and that type of thing and uh, oftentimes companies want to know uh, i really want to get the most out of my company i want it to be the best that it can be Uh, what your what is your advice and uh, the advice is if you want to have a good company then hire good people and i know that sounds simple but hire hire good people okay and uh we find that as relates to diversity training um, every everyone does it now. Sensitivity training, and I, I'm proud to say that now sensitivity training is is a requirement that you get in the process. It used to be after you beat up someone. It used to be after you have a situation that shows that you were insensitive. Now you need sensitivity training. And so, um, to answer your question, um, I don't know if there is a prescribed. Well, if you need uh, eight hours of this, or you need two weeks of that, you know, in that respect. But it does have to be a um, a part of the a component of the curriculum where we recognize that you are now moving into an area that's not every day yeah you're dealing with and uh, just the job itself I think is the greatest sensitivity training yes and that as a firefighter uh what communities that you go into all communities. uh what 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 type of people do you deal with all type people. straight yep gay yes black yes white yes rich yes poor the job itself lends itself to something that others don't deal with every day. Yeah. So as a firefighter, that was the coolest thing um, as a young man or woman. Uh, when that bell rings, I don't have a clue what the next run is going to be. It's true. Shooting, car wreck, cabinetry. You said I'm saying It's going to be in Spring Lake, going to be in Cedar Grove, it's going to be uh, Timberline. We, we, we yeah, don't know man. where we're going. We don't know who we're going to. We don't know what their emergency is. But they called us because they need help. Yep. And when we get there, it matters not Amen. who they are, where they are, what color they are. And police officers do the same. Yep. Police officers go into every community in our cities, that's and right. they've seen things that other people have not seen. That's right. Uh, I know that I've gone into places mean, people really live like this? right? People really live like this? You know, people really do this? Well, that, that's what we do. So uh, we see everything. We do everything. So... I think instead of the training, it's just a matter of the heart for the most part, just like teaching is not for everyone. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Everyone is not going to be a painter. Everyone should not be a police officer. Everyone should not be a firefighter. So if I don't have a heart for service, if I don't, if I'm going to, if I'm going to, I'm not going to say if I don't have biases because we all do, but if my biases will prevent me from treating you with respect and doing the right thing toward you then uh, that's not the right profession for me. So every opportunity for training, uh, I'm a training. uh, Training is obviously important to me. We say every day is a training day. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it should be ongoing. It definitely should be ongoing. But exactly what it entails or how it entails, you know, um, I'm a big training guy. I hope to uh, cash in on it. (laughs) Okay. But with that, is that what it's about? Training is going to be very, very important. But sensitivity Hiring the right people on the front end, making sure we've got the right people in, and then continuing it, I think, yeah. ongoing is important.
0: And that's why we've got to have some money. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because you got to yeah. be able to hire. I mean, that's the other part of it to me is like they're underpaid, firemen and policemen. So it's like the more money, number one, it's a it's a good career that gives people a chance to do it. But I, the reason I say that, there's a, one um, guy I talked to, uh, Ernie and Joe, Crisis Cops is a HBO documentary on the mental health side of policing. Oh my. And, and San Antonio has come up with a different training uh, and they actually created in the police department a mental health division to help uh, both day and night shifts because they realize that it's a big issue. Well, the one thing Joe said, and and we're trying to bring him in. I'm trying to get him at the academy. I'm trying to bring with the state police to talk state police. We're trying to get some other, like a a successful company. San Antonio Police Department has saved their city fifty million dollars by creating this one organiz- I mean This one division in there. Can you
2: tell me how they saved it? You mean as it relates to lawsuits yeah, or lawsuits? Okay. Uh, yes. Liability. Liability. Okay. Yes.
0: Uh huh. So. Part of the reason I'm saying that is I'm trying to, which is I need my job, but I'm trying to go, how can I help? And, And that's why I'm listening to you. Number one is hiring the right people. But he says the same thing. If you have not empathy, if you can't get on the scene and go, man, that could be my mom. That's right. My sister. That's right. My that's where we're at. we, we, we got to work on we got to walk still into
2: be, You can still be tough.
0: That's exactly right.
2: You're you, still a good police officer. You're still a tough uh, firefighter. Right. But you've got to care about people. And his whole point
0: was, and this is why, I, again, it will just be interesting dialogue and as we begin to carry that out, is he said sometimes people will accuse just anything. Well, you don't have good tactics. You don't have this. You don't do that. He was like, well, I can come back at you the uh, same way. It's like, look where you are with your tactics. Look where it's gotten us. Yeah. Look at we've we have to change. We have to figure something out. That's right. to To be able to meet in the middle to go. We're not doing good. Uh-huh. We need to get better, and we're gonna get better. So that's where I'm trying to. That's why I was asking specifically. Do anything you want to add on that, and then we'll wrap it up. I know we kept you longer than you probably want. <laughs> Lewis, like, man, I got training to do. I got more no, things to do, no, baby. I got to yeah, get out of not here. Not at all. Yeah. In,
1: in closing, man, I I just want to say that, uh, like uh, Lewis said earlier, and, and Michael Jackson did that song long years ago mm-hmm. and that song it sounded good and it had a message yeah you got to start with the man in the mirror yeah when you look in the mirror you see yourself
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know that's 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 what we have to do man and we like like i said last week you know and the, the first step into overcoming something you got to first admit that it does exist yeah you can't be in denial yeah, and I and, I, and I, I talked about love, real love, last mm-hmm. week, and you know, and when and when it's genuine, it's not hard to do, man. man. It's
0: not hard to do. Dude, I love y'all. Thank you.
2: We love you too. And um, to thank you so And much. we just need need to continue to pray for our leaders. Absolutely. Pray for our church leaders. Pray for our community. So yes. uh, while seeking um, the the uh, avenue, prayer is always the answer. Amen. So we don't want to minimize that. Absolutely. We don't want to look so hard that we overlook. Uh, the most the important thing, thing, and the obvious in that respect, the simple church is awesome to do this. I cannot uh, oh, stress man. that in, it is. Trust me, and I say that because look around and see how many people are, mm-hmm. uh, how many churches are, and I, uh, as uh, President Kennedy said, I, "Why not? <laughs> if if we're not at least doing this, then what are we doing? Right. You know." So I want to commend you. I'm not. I'm not uh, uh, blowing smoke. I really yeah. commend you. I commend the church. Um, for having the vision to at least initiate conversation. Well, we're honored so, to have you. That's a great job.
0: Mm-hmm. Honored to have you. what I you. tell you, man? Oh, yeah. Legit. That's oh, what yeah. it is. Straight oh, yeah. legit. And the thing to. is, is I can't wait to learn more from you. I, I can't wait to develop that relationship and... and be a better man as a result of it. I know when I said that has made me a better man. I understand, and Lewis, you're gonna make me a better man. So and, thank you, and you're and me as well. Yeah.
2: Make sure you tell uh, John that we. Talk oh yeah.
0: About- oh, I'm gonna call him when I get out and go like, man, you better listen to <laughs> this podcast, man. My, your, your partner's on there. Our friends are on there. That's yeah, right. You did a little better. Oh, come on, man. Uh, yeah, Ozark. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, now just I one firefighter man. thing. I did get in the firebox.
2: Oh, really? Flashover.
0: Yeah. Flashover box. Yeah. Really? Okay. I, yeah. I had. They did put me in there and let me burn in that okay. thing. And
1: you Whew. thought you was in the fiery furnace, did yeah,
0: you? Yeah, but you know what? I was calm, man. I, I didn't blow through my air like some of them rookies in there did. Yeah, right. the I knew already there. going in, I'm Lewis, nervous. I said, look, I, I just got to – and then, the, you know, uh, the old equipment at Bozier Fire Department, I was picking with Brad. There was a couple of little weak spots in there, and it felt like it was burning it, it through. It. It, it would find it. It was finding it. The heat would find it. And old it. Jeff Roberts and some of the other guys in there, I was like, man, this is next level. So I respect you and thank you for what you've done in serving our community and risking your lives, both of you. All ability you comes know, from him. That's it. And I am thankful you guys, you know, served in the way you have. Much respect, much love. Thanks for having mm-hmm. us on today. No Absolutely. problem, man. All right, guys, that's uh, the podcast this time. Scott, you got anything
3: no i'm just like kind of digesting everything <laughs>
0: you gotta got, to, uh, I got it a lot all to in. unpack yeah yeah
3: that's it mm-hmm. well
0: make sure you email us if you want questions because we'd yes. love to have them back and answer your oh, questions send so,
3: me a dm that'd be exactly. direct message yeah i don't guys, even know so
0: what know. that know. means but that sounds good <laughs> slide it oh, to my dm yeah all right dude until mm-hmm. next time peace, peace, my peace. Brother. thank you